welcome to the My Family Coach podcast. I'm Claire and in each episode you'll find me interviewing a guest expert to find out more about the tricky world of child behaviour, all in handy 15 minute-ish bite-sized chunks. Then I'll send you away with three handy practical tips that you can use at home. And if this episode leaves you wanting more, you can watch, listen and read from our wide range of resources while you're on the go on the My Family Coach website. With me today is Behaviour Bites regular, Debs Kemp, an experienced educational leader with over 32 years of experience in education. She's worked in settings in inner London and also rural Cornwall. Debs is a regional lead for the women's ed movement for Devon and Cornwall and, and she used to be my drama teacher. That's correct, isn't it, Debs? It is. It is. I remember it well. <laughs> not too long ago, though. No, not so long ago. <laughs> no. uh, I'm kicking off our podcast now with the question, what are you reading at the moment? Okay, so um, I am doing a lot of reading, but I think the, I'm probably doing more watching and viewing of um, various CPD opportunities. One of the covid keeps i think should be that uh, we have you know we keep some of this wonderful cpd that's happening online it's amazing for people to be able to access it and i pinched that phrase covid keeps from something i watched this morning um but uh yeah there's there's so much good cpd good discussions opportunities to really learn a lot from some amazing educators you know right across the country and internationally so um, so I've been doing more watching and listening than reading. Um, I think uh, there's a couple of things in terms of, you know, what's going on right now in terms of COVID-19 and um, a lot of, um, yeah, a lot of information about people's um, thoughts about what ha- might happen. But a couple of things that have kind of stuck with me is, is really the messages from um, deliverers who are saying, you know, we really need to think about um, sort of the pastoral response to COVID-19 and that although yes there's a there's a huge worry about curriculum gaps and curriculum loss and and discussions about um whether this language is the right language to be using as well um there was a tweet out today which said that they were just talking to their year 10s and the year 10s were saying oh what we're the lost generation you know have have we lost loads of knowledge and and actually that's quite uh, a worry you know we don't want to have all this negative media attention on on loss you know let's do something about celebrating the positives because you know you think about young children in the holidays how much they learn mm. um, through their surroundings and their communities and their families um, so I think we need to do a piece of work on celebrating the things that they've learned that they wouldn't have done necessarily if they hadn't been at home you know they've had to adapt and be flexible and you know learn things that they they may not have had experience of um so that's one thing but in terms of you know our planning for for next term and for the the future with the sort of cloud of the pandemic continuing is just about the pastoral support and you know the things that have been put out in terms of you know looking at taking things slow it's it's um it's not a sprint it's a marathon and actually you know slowing things down calming things down the messages out there are we need to look at our curriculum what what can we take out we need to look at our the school experience the the structures and the systems and there needs to be support for not just the students but for the staff as well yeah i think that's a really important point that 
we're we're banking on the idea that staff are just going to be able to waltz into school in September if they haven't been in before and just go back to that sense of the new normal but it isn't as easy as that with people's anxieties maybe they've been shielding or shielding someone at home um, and actually just starting back in that new normal is going to be it's going to be really difficult mm. I think just drawing on what you were saying about supporting students coming back into school and actually celebrating the good things that have happened in a really difficult time I was on the phone to a carer a couple of weeks ago of one of the students that I work with and they are having the most amazing time at home together and this is a fractured family relationship that often is at the brink of completely breaking down and I I nearly dropped the phone of just like and genuinely nearly tears because they've had such a difficult time and the opportunity that that staying at home for that young person has meant is that those special times within that family have grown they're mm -hmm. able to not have the stress of trying to send three children to school every single morning with battling around that they're able to yeah just have nice experiences together mm. so those kind of experiences aren't just going to be that student there's going to be lots of students that have had that positive sort of you know time with their families the flip just side reconnecting. yeah yeah that reconnecting but the flip side i think in september is getting those young people that have had a really positive experience at home to get back into that routine and back into that that grind of demands it's like the yeah. control and demands that school will offer and it always has done and how we manage that and mm. i i do really worry about those students that have, have had the best time maybe of their lives because school is quite tricky sometimes to navigate and then we're saying right <laughs> we're ready for you now get back at it yeah definitely and I think there is we do we are going to need to be more flexible mm. as leaders as teachers and we need to look relook at our policies um, and be prepared to be a bit more adaptive um, and be prepared to be more patient um, because and, and also to have those really um, even closer links with parents mm. and to actually really understand what the experiences have been and not to make assumptions about, oh God, you know, it's been a terrible time because as you say, there are really some really uplifting examples. Um, and it is going to be really difficult because we have been on this kind of, yeah, for you know, anyone in school knows on this conveyor belt and this process of going through the years and going through the, the lessons etc and it's easy to get into that yes this is what I do every day but now we've got to reinstate that and maybe now's the opportunity to actually think about you know how we can be more um, compassionate and mm. more flexible uh, without dropping standards or expectations mm. but just actually you know find ways of, of ensuring that our yeah, our processes are not in not stopping children from coming back in and, you know, thinking about what spaces we can offer and what pastoral support we can offer. Um, that means it's a really sort of sensitive and careful transition because a lot of students will need um, a transition process that's really thought about and planned for. Um, we can't just expect them all to come back as as if it were normal because it hasn't been normal for so long mm. and now school is not normal for them 
it's like a yeah is i've been going in two days a week and working with different students with ehcp plans or key worker kids and they've actually over the 13 weeks really adapted to the the new normal and the small classes so for them it's going to be like this opposite effect of having loads of adult attention in one to six one to seven in in small classes then to go back in september and that gets stretched maybe one to 15 one to 30 as, as you know the student population come in so there's those different transitions for the student population and obviously staff coming back in as well so i think that keyword transition really steps out for me and, and how we manage that definitely i mean I, i've also been in school recently where students have said to me I'm really worried about the students who are coming in, you know, in September and are they going to be adhering to the rules in the way that we've adhered to the rules? Is there going to be a conflict or a tension between how we operate and having more people, you know, and they're worried about behaviours and they're worried about, um, you know, safety and they're worried about families, etc. So the, I think this is, this is going to be a really important bit of work also, as well as, um, transition but also about communication and about being really transparent with students and honest about their fears and their worries and and trying to reassure them and and working together as a team and saying look you know this is new to all of us we all have to work together and building that sense of community and ethos in the school is going to be really vital so people feel so young people feel and staff feel um, that it's a safe happy um thoughtful and communicative place to be i mm. suppose going back to staff what what do you think we can do to help manage staff return sort of your experience leader and i guess thinking about that transition for staff i think it's going to be really important to actually uh listen to each individual staff experience because everybody's experience will be different and to actually just uh, ensure that every staff member feels that they're not just turning up and everything's as it was. Um, again, transition is going to be really important for staff because they may have, uh, you know, lost loved ones or they may have job insecurity in the family. Um, things will be different from many, many members of staff. And again, it's that word flexibility, actually. Um, you know, may, perhaps being... Um, more open to opportunities for flexibility because situations may have changed in terms of caring for you know uh, family members or uh, having young children there may be um, the shift in family patterns of change for staff members so actually saying you know okay well let's hear your story hear what's happened and actually as a school we're going to be trying to be as flexible as we can for staff so you know there may be uh, more opportunities for staff to be able to work you know, not full time, you know, and have that um, uh, open conversations with staff. So it's, it's, a, it's a how can we value you? How can we look out for you? What can we do to support you? Mm. That's going to make you feel confident and able to deliver well in our schools. Yeah, within the confines of whatever happens, whether there's a second wave. Yeah. That uncertainty will sort of add to the anxiety. And I think... Yeah drawing on some of the things that you said there you're, you're talking about overall staff 
well-being and I think sometimes that well-being in schools can be a tag along and a tick box oh yes yeah. we've done staff well-being we had a, a masseuse come in and massage people's hands for one yeah night, and I've uh, <laughs> succeeded in my well-being yes happy now I think <laughs> I, I, I really do think that that well-being for staff and students will be key in um ensuring that those transitions are done well and everyone feels part of that community and it's having that well-being embedded into the system into the values rather than it being a sort of tag on thing or you know a tick box sort of yeah definitely has to be embedded and it definitely has to come from the staff you know what do the staff need um and it has to be bespoke um and it has to be um, you know, something that's really going to make a difference. I think flexibility uh, enables staff well-being. Mm. Um, but I also think just being uh, listening to staff and actually hearing what they've got to say and, and responding to it in, you know, within the, the school structures and, and making sure that you are being really transparent about your well-being approach. And as you say, not tokenistic, absolutely embedded across the entire school. Mm. Um, students and staff and, and everyone working together to to make sure that we're all okay you know there's a one of the the five areas of wellness is about taking notice and I think taking notice of how our staff are doing how our students are doing looking out for staff um, checking in on them making sure they're okay um, and not just passing in the corridor and saying you're all right yep I'm fine and then walking down the corridor and and actually probably neither of those people are fine uh, so it's taking that time to take notice of each other and look out for each other that's that's brilliant you say that I'm reading a book called basic poaching by oh no I can't remember uh, Andy Buck. Buck yes thank god oh, thank yeah. you for here um and it it's brilliant it's it's such i really recommend that book to anyone just for general sort of great coaching conversations but one of the questions really stuck out for me that he mentions in that book which is just asking someone what's on your mind mm. and power of just that question rather than saying you know what's wrong what's up or talk to me about something what's on yeah. your mind is a really nice opening question um and hopefully it invites people to you know speak a bit more freely and actually since reading that with some of my students I've quite, I've used that phrase it didn't work with the autistic lad that I work with but that's fine um, yeah. <laughs> you have to keep trying don't you um, <laughs> but actually the other students that I work with it was a nice way of, of opening up conversations mm -hmm. so thinking about staff I think you know how we phrase those questions can have a yeah. big impact yeah because it's non-confrontational isn't it it's yeah. it doesn't have to it just doesn't put a place of value a judgment on it it's just a, an opener yeah so it enables people to talk more yeah no i think uh, that's really helpful um I've, i think we've actually managed it uh, on this episode we're, we're just about 15 minutes Debs. most of, every Yay. time we've recorded it's been <laughs> like oh like uh, and gone way over but we've done really well so just to finish us off um, what what are three tips around sort of behaviour in COVID nineteen you would give? Well, I think uh, from what I said really at the beginning of the podcast, I think it's about um, ensuring a calm approach. Mm. So actually, you know, I think one of the things for me is to make sure that we as teachers in schools, because it, we are anxious and we're stressed and we're worried about the future, 
is to try our best not to place that on the students' shoulders. Yeah. So, um, you know, we can be honest in our conversations, but we need to kind of lower the tempo. Mm. So for me, yeah, top tip, lower the tempo. Um, two, start with pastoral needs. Yeah. You know, and three, really have those conversations with students and staff, you know, what's been your experience and find space for those conversations, uh, whether it be in tutor times or in staff forums or, um, you know, one-to-one -one conversations with students. But, you know, we have to talk this out in a way. We, we've, we've all had a shock. Um, and so, you know, behaviour is when you, you know, poor behavior happens when you're pent up and you're, you know, feeling frustrated. So we need to give those um, opportunities for open conversation and dialogue to kind of talk it out. And as I said, talk about the positives as well as yeah. the, the troubles. Brilliant. Thank you so much uh, for chatting again, Debs, my regular, <laughs> regular guest. And I'll catch up with you soon. Yeah, lovely to talk to you. You've been listening to the My Family Coach podcast. Thank you for joining us as we lift the lid on the challenging world of child behaviour. There's heaps more helpful advice for all your parenting needs on the My Family Coach website. Thanks again and I'll see you next time.